Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Good Looks Podcast, first pod 2021, coming at you on January 3rd this evening. Uh, it's about 9 p.m. here, Central Time. So excited to be back. Uh, excited for the new year. Uh, it's going to be a big year for everybody across the world, U.S., everywhere. Um, a lot of good things coming everybody's way. So started off um, kind of where the Good Looks Podcast began. Uh, we got Josiah McFadden back on. Uh, so great, great interview with him today. I'm um, kind of talk, uh, not normally, like not, not our usual, you know, Vikings, uh, Bears, White Sox, Twins, n- not our usual NBA preview and whatnot. Uh, it's actually an interview with Josiah, kind of learn about, you know, his experience as a kid, his experience moving up to Minnesota, you know, struggles along the way, how his early career has gone, everything like that. So it's, it's a great podcast. Um, great to have him back with us. Um, enjoy. Sunday special, exciting January 3rd, 2021. Great to have you back, Josiah. How you doing? You know, I'm doing well. Um, yeah. It's been a while <laughs> since I've been on the airwaves, but uh, it's good to be back starting off 2021 the way it should be started. I know there's only one way. And uh, you kind of had a limp of a Sunday, didn't you, man, after watching your uh, – your Chicago Bears make the playoffs, but but have a tough day, I guess. Yeah, right? you know they started off looking great as they usually do um, when they're running their scripted plays. It's just the things that yep. the guys have been practicing all week and in, in, uh, in practice. But you know they had some guys missing. Uh, Jalen Johnson, there. I don't know if I'd say star, but he's he looked really good his rookie year. And then Buster Screen, who's garbage but better than the guy in, uh, that's right behind him. They're both out in the cornerback yep. position. Um, so, okay. yeah, and Roquan Smith left early in the first quarter, which opened up all types of uh, opportunity for the Packers offense in the middle of the field and the outside. Because for whatever reason, uh, Chuck Pagano doesn't like to make uh, changes, adjustments. You know, something <laughs> crucial to coaching. Yeah, I uh, we won't stay here long, but Chuck Pagano, I was never a huge. I mean, power to him, cancer fight, scary thing, impressive. Well, fought his way I'm through sure it, coached guy. the Colts. I'm sure he's a great sure he's guy. a great guy. I never um, thought he was an awesome coach, even when he had luck in Indy. No, yeah, um, yeah. They had, you know, did some of their best work with um, Bruce Arians yep, there. Yep, Bruce uh, Arians. Pagano yep. went down. I, I just so, think that. But, I think that. This system isn't right for the Bears. That bend don't break. The Bears' offense doesn't allow for your defense to bend. You have to have takeaways. Yep. You have to be able to score on that yeah. side of the ball too. Um, and I don't think he doesn't create pressure uh, efficiently. He doesn't create pressure intelligently, and I think that's important when you're trying to create takeaways. Yeah. Uh, yep. So you know, I hope that the Bears let him go. Uh, I really like Brandon Along Staley. With- from uh, L.A., yeah. who used to be a Bears guy. I mean, honestly, I would say Brandon Staley is the head coach. I know he's young. He might be a little bit inexperienced. Um, but, you know, he learned out of the best, Nick Fangio. So, 
you know, anything's better than Nagy, I guess, right? I, I you know, I don't. Uh, Nagy isn't terrible. I no. think that what's been bad is some of the moves they made from the GM position. The GM Ryan Pace okay. is it's he's he's really a kind of a complex issue because he makes bad signings in free agency and he makes bad picks in like the first three rounds. But for whatever reason, this guy can draft in the backside of the this guy can draft in the backside of the draft like better than most guys in the NFL. It's insane some of the guys he's gotten. You see the guy, you know, he got Tariq Cohen, uh, Darnell Mooney, who looks like the Bears, definitely the Bears' second Fantastic. best receiver. Um, yep. he, he picked up um, Jalen Johnson, the guy that looked really good I was talking about earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he's just got all these guys in the, in the back half of the draft, but just the first half, you know, guys got like Adam Shaheen, which many of you and many of the listeners probably don't even know who that is. The guy was a bust. Um, Negative, yeah. You know, Kevin White, bust. Uh, Kevin White, Leonard Floyd, Treadwell. somewhat of a bust, you know. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do, you know, now that they're in the playoffs. That's something that everybody can hang their hat on. We don't necessarily know if we want these people hanging their hats anywhere anyway. So, yeah. we'll see in the next couple of months, man. Yeah, I mean, end of the day, right? Uh, Nagy, two out of three years, taking the, the Bears to the playoffs. So, yeah, that's, that like, is a success in itself. Um yeah, go fighting ahead. tooth and nail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can say that again. I'm shocked. Um, hey, some today, teams but... haven't made the playoffs in a while, you know? <laughs> ah, how about them, uh, hmm, the Detroit Lions? What are we talking about? Yeah. Here? No, yeah, you know, the Vikings had every opportunity this year. Um, I constantly let it slip through the cracks. I knew they'd lose to you guys um, a couple weeks back. Um, so, can, you know, kudos, congrats to you guys. Enjoy losing next week. We'll take our draft pick. Hey, in the words and, uh, of the immortal Kevin Garnett, anything is possible. <laughs> don't don't turn my childhood hero on me like that. Okay. Okay. Hey, that's life. <laughs> that is life. Oh man. Well, we gotta kind of stick into our tune today um, that we've been rolling with over the past couple episodes. We're doing an interview. Um, so we're excited to have Josiah with us. Um, you know, we kind of want to learn. I feel like the listeners don't know a lot of, a lot about us. So I, I think it's going to be exciting to kind of hear your story, hear our history a little bit, um, kind of how we met and, and, and see what happens. So I'll start you off, man. Uh, keep it simple. Keep it easy. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you grow up? Josiah? Um, okay. So I was born in the South Chicago suburbs. Um, I spent, you know, the early part of my childhood living in Hazelcrest, Illinois, uh, just like, you know, right where Hazelcrest, Homewood and Flossmore meet up. Um, So basically like the Homewood, Flossmore community, it's about 30 minutes uh, south of of Chicago. So you just hop on the Dan Ryan and, you know, you're right downtown where all the good stuff happens. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a, you know, the Homewood, Flossmore is a really interesting place um, because it was definitely uh, a nice middle-class neighborhood uh, or collection of neighborhoods where, you know, mainly of people of color. Uh, it was a, a large Jewish community there. Um, so there was a, you know, there was a, a lot of diversity because you had, you know, surrounding areas like Chicago Heights that had, you know, really large Latin American communities. Uh, and we all went to the same high school, uh, Homewood Flossmore. Um, so we had a, we had a really, really 
you know, eye-opening experience with different communities and cultures. And I think that's why, you know, my high school produced so many uh, notable or quasi novel figures, uh, the biggest one being Juice World. Yep. Um, Zach Fulton is offensive lineman in the NFL. Um, you have uh, Ohana Bam, who is a musical artist. I don't know how many of the listeners know who that is. Um, but yeah, there's, you know, even before me, uh, there's one of the guys that worked for the Golden State Warriors went there. Uh, there's a few actors. Uh, so yeah, the, 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 the area is really a hotbed for success, just because these people are able to interact with these different communities and bring these experiences into the to real world. And I really think that, you know, helped them. That's, yeah, that's an extremely unique environment. I honestly did not know that about Homewood Plosmore. Um, but to that tune, I feel like, you know, what you're saying, that diversity, that understanding of cross-culture um, you know, habits, experiences, and just being comfortable with different people. Um, it, it makes complete sense that that would lead to success in a lot of high-profile pe- people, which it definitely has, right? Um, yeah. Uh, did you, like, did you guys spend a lot of time? So were you mostly in that suburb, or did you spend a lot of time, like like you said, taking a train going downtown? Were you in downtown Chicago um, a lot as a kid? We, uh, yeah, because, you know, that's where all the museums and stuff especially when I was younger, I used to go to, uh, it's kind of like a preschool thing at the Field Museum, which is kind of like Chicago's Natural History Museum. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure if you know about Sue the Dinosaur that was there for, I'm not sure if she's still there, but she was there for like the majority of my of my younger life. Um, so we spent a lot There's of time. There's a special there dinosaur? Wait a second. Yeah, I, I'm honestly going to look this up. I don't know if, I don't know if like she a, was still. Oh, it was like an, okay, it had, she had a name. She's just like a really big, like old dinosaur. Uh, was it a Tyrannosaurus? <laughs> was it a T Rex? Was it like one of those yeah. long neck plant eater? Um, I should know these. They're in uh, Wait. the long necks. What are they? They're, uh, they're Tyrannosaurus Rex. No, no, no. no the the ones the... in uh, the Land Before Time. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, little foot. Just look up long, long neck dinosaur. Yeah, yeah, long neck dinosaur. There you go. What dinosaur uh, is little foot? That's what you look up. And Brachiosaurus. That's it. There. Right. Oh, I think there's one of those there too, but uh, so this it's just a big dinosaur. Okay. Uh, <laughs> nice. Nice. Is <laughs> found in uh, Wyoming. Okay. Uh, 1990. Yeah. 1990. What? Yeah. It's supposed to be 65 million years old. Hey man, you know, shout out so, to Pangea. So, am I right? <laughs> more or less the same age as Joe Biden, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you're on the right track, man. Um, yeah, they're going to put Joe Biden that in that museum in 20 years. All right. So, <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, you know, I'd see that exhibit. I know, I would. Multiple times. <laughs> Date spot in 2040. What's up? Um. <laughs> You there? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know where you're taking that Joe Biden piece. I know. I know. Well, uh, we'll move on from old Joe as well as the dinosaur. Well, so high school experience, you were a, uh, if I remember right, a lacrosse guy, right? Lacrosse kid? Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, you know, we had a really interesting time playing lacrosse because most of the team hadn't played before. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, we were coming from other sports that either we still played at a, one of my closest friends, uh, Anthony Stringer played uh, basketball 
so his season would bump up into our season. So he'd miss a little bit of the, you know, the preseason workouts because he was still hitting free throws. <laughs> um, he, he was just one game. I think he had like 20 points and like 18 of them were for free. Is he just a pump fake machine uh, or was he like driving to the rim? I, <laughs> he was just, he was just creating contact. Oh like, that's, that's the only way that I can contact uh, creator. describe it. But yeah, but you know, since we were new to the game, we didn't play lacrosse like lacrosse should have been played. We played lacrosse like we were taught how to play other sports. And um, it really made our journey from freshman year to senior year yeah, really enjoyable and interesting um, because we were, you know, kind of breaking ground in the sport. I mean, our team was had to be 85% black and the rest of the teams were 98.99% white. Um, so we were breaking ground, you know, we were – you know, Jackie Robinson asked, yeah. if you will, definitely came into, uh, definitely ran into a lot of instances of, you know, people hurling slurs and, and, and things like that. This, I think the the biggest instance of that was we're playing this team, Lamont, which is actually not too far away from where I eventually moved uh, right after eighth grade, uh, home okay. land. Um, and we were, you know, we were a pretty good team. We were, you know, beating up. We were physical guys. A lot of them played football. Uh, and then one of our guys got up, just blew this dude up, like blew okay. him up, one of our defenders. Um, and, you know, it was just a little, little bit of, a, a, you know, a shuffle or a, a scuffle, yeah. Yeah. pardon me. Um, you know, we were getting into a little bit. They were a fiery group of guys fighting for yeah, each other. Yeah, it's camaraderie. Yeah. Uh, and we always hear is just like from the press box, lynch him what like somebody said that yeah bro somebody said that and we're like wait what and like so they would like stop the game and like just were investigating and stuff we eventually ended up playing the rest of the game but we we couldn't play that team um i don't think we ever played that team again because they're like yeah this that's... is this is pretty ridiculous yeah stuff. that's yeah. uh that's um, unbelievable i mean I, yeah lacrosse especially where I'm from and whenever you see it, college even, predominantly a very white sport. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Even though, you know, it was like created by the Native yeah. Americans, um, there's there's definitely a lot of good Native American uh, players like the Thompson mm-hmm. brothers. Uh, they all played at Albany and now they're in the MLL and the PLL. Yeah. How'd you guys like, um, how'd you deal with that on the field? Like slurs or people giving you a hard time or like. Oh, it happened a decent amount of time. How do you channel that? Is that yeah, anger? Is, is, that, is it like sadness? Like what is the. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 I think, I think more than anything, it's just like, at first it was surprise. Yeah. And then that surprise turned into yeah. anger. But what we didn't want to do was you know, lash out and, um, you know, kind of create a bad example because this is, you know, this is the first time many of these schools even saw a black cross team. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not like they're going to go play Whitney Young or something yep. in the city. Um, but we channeled it into trying to get better at yeah. the game, you know, because like I said, we weren't originally lacrosse players. Um so by the end of our tenure there, they could call us whatever they want. They weren't going to beat us. Yep. You know what I'm yep. saying? Uh, so that was that was how we tried to to, to handle it. Uh, we definitely got into it plenty of times because no matter what you said about turning the other cheek, 
especially being like 16 years old, if somebody says something wild to you, yeah. you know, you're going to cross. Oh yeah. That's, that's just, just part of the, that's just the, that's just the nature of the game. Nice. Um, but yeah, that, that experience on that team, the more that I reflect on it, the more that I realize it had an impact on my life going forward. Just because of whether it be the adversity of being on the field or the adversity of what was happening to you on the field outside of the game. Yeah. You know, uh, so I definitely, you know, cherish those memories, those those battles we had for those ground balls. Man, we had some good times on that field. That's dude, that's that's a cool sport I never got into, but you were were you goalie? Were you? Yeah. Yeah, I was. I that's, was taking a beat. I'm out on that, was... bro. You better have been wearing a cup out there, man. Because that thing Oh, oh you my know I was God, dude. That... The lacrosse ball is hard. Honestly, like that's like the most lethal yeah. ball, I guess, in in <laughs> sport. Honestly, more than a baseball. Yeah. I got hit with a baseball many times. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. That's wow. It was uh it started to you didn't really feel it that much after a while, which is not a good thing, you know, like yeah. think about it. I definitely, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely you know, my knee is messed up. I know about your about knee, knee, man. Uh, but it just, you know, the, also that experience as a goalie, because you were basically the captain. of the Yeah, defense. you're you're commanding the defense. And just, I had to call out, dude, I, I, and you know, like they say in every sport, bro, you gotta be, you gotta be verbal. You gotta have that communication, you know? So I would call out where the ball was, top left, top right. Um, I used to be very nice. loud, like, you know, just because some people could hear me clearly. But also to fire the guys nice. up, you know? You got somebody back there yelling <laughs> at the top of the lungs. Like, people are like, what's yeah, going on? Yeah, you're so you soft-spoken know? normally, yeah. I, I would say. Yeah. yeah, I'm not, you know, not usually the, like a – fire you know, I, I like to get fired up, bro. I definitely, oh, yeah. I definitely miss competing. I was talking to my boy, oh, Patio. Yeah. I might try to get in a men's league uh, this upcoming nice. spring, man. It's just been too long since I competed. That's bro. one of the things um... – that COVID's affected. I've noticed in my own life and, you know, after talking to other people, just competing, bro, is, is fantastic. And especially if you enjoy sport, um, it, it kind of brings something out of you that you wouldn't, you don't see otherwise. You know what I mean? Like being chill is great. Relaxing yeah. is great. Hang out with the family is great. Yada, yada, yada. But competing is like a different thing. Um, super. I don't know. Mm. You don't want to lose that fire, bro. I mean, you know how me and you, me and you compete with uh, Mackie and the other bombs. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. You, we best. have epic comebacks. And it, it, my, I'm, yeah, that's. Uh, I'm one of the sorest winners in the room, constantly. So if I'm winning, like I will tell you about it the entire time. I'll ask you know, I'll ask you if yeah. you want to quit, all that kind of stuff. Um, even have to be in New York um, a couple weeks back, um, visiting a buddy and. We're playing a game like cribbage, right? And, and I was just being a sore, sore winner the whole time. And kid ended up. Uh, mm-hmm. You, you got to let him know. You just got to let him know. Let him know when you step up to that podium. Um, but wow, I uh, I want to see in like lacrosse field, man. When you guys start up on that league, let me know. Yeah, hey man, if you want to play catch, I'm gonna get my. I'll play catch. I'm right. not gonna be good at it, but you know. Yeah. We're going to find an open space. There's open spaces. Yeah. Open spaces. Yeah. All right. Um, Well, kind of moving on with your, you know, growing up, high school and whatnot. So you did move around a little bit. You guys moved after eighth grade? Yeah. I um, I moved to this place, Homer Glen. Okay. 
uh, which is west. It's about an equal distance to city of Chicago. Just you take a different, uh, you take I-55, um, you take a different route into the city. Uh, but it's definitely, in terms of uh, demographics, it's very different. Um, it is not at all diverse in any way. Um, the only way that it might, not even the, the surrounding, yeah, it's just like not diverse in terms of <laughs> culture yeah. um, and in terms of like economic status. It's very uh, homogeneous, okay. which is, uh, you know, I think it's important to understand um, areas like that because then, you know, when you're trying to, you, you need to be able to understand all different areas and all different communities. Uh, but I definitely spent the vast majority of my time back in the Homewood Flossmoor area. A lot of that was because I moved when I was older and the neighborhood that I lived in, there was very few people under the age of like 50. Wow. So okay. that's where my friends were. And, you know, that's where I felt more comfortable. Okay. Um, just because, you know, it, it wasn't really, I, that place was never really my home. That's just the place that I lived. Yeah. Um, yeah, home is where yeah, the boys are, man. Yeah, yeah. That's, I used to take Ubers yep. all the time, bro, to get to get after it with the guys. Wow. Back in that area. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's funny. I never even touched Uber till college. That was, but I grew bro. up in the same area, you know, from uh, zero to eighteen. So that'll do yeah. it, man. But yeah, I had to drive like thirty minutes to get back to. Uh, the area by my high school, so wow. yeah, man, it was it was a it was a battle. That's a battle. It was a, it was a logistics battle. Oh man, the logistics ah. definitely created <laughs> definitely created a lot of uh, a lot of havoc. I'll tell you that. Yeah, much. yeah, you learn a lot with logistics, right? It makes things more fun. Yeah, you got to work for it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If your logistics are off, yeah, everything comes crumbling down. Crumble. But you make it work. You like find a uh, find a solution. Nice. Well, yeah, I <laughs> I had to make it work. <laughs> well, I guess the tune of that, what you know, this is, we we talked about this, you know, a little bit before. Um, but is there any experiences, you know, in Homewood Flossmore in the high school in Homer Glen, you know, that new neighborhood that was different? What what experiences mm -hmm. make you you today from your childhood? You know, psychiatrists always say experiences as a kid in that I, zero you know, to eighteen range, you know, affect you. I think that, you know, I remember when I was, uh, I was probably like a sophomore um, and we were, uh, a group of us were in um, this, this program at school called, it was called the International Baccalaureate. So it was like, yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember I just was cutting up, man, you know, baby, I was cutting up at a, yeah. Whether it be in the cross or just chilling, like not doing my homework. I remember I got called into um, the guidance counselor's, uh, the guidance counselor's office, and he was just like, "Yeah, man, I'm not, I'm not really sure if this is uh if this program is for you, you know, because I, you know, I wasn't yeah. living up to my um, expectations or my parents' expectations or whatever, because I was just." chilling trying to live life yeah. she's like giving me this whole spiel about yeah maybe you should go down to like the normal level classes uh you know because you know we don't know about 
if you have what it takes. And then, you know, in that meeting, I was like, yeah, man, I'll change my, I'll change my schedule to the, to, um, I'll, I'll switch out of the IB program. Okay. Um, so I went home and talked to my parents and, uh, yeah, my dad was just like, you know, it's fine if that's what you want to do, but I feel like you have to know for yourself whether or not you can do something and not have somebody tell you whether or not you can do it but based on what they've seen and not, not what's actually inside of you. Um, cause I know that's what happened to my dad a lot, uh, in his life, you know, they tried to kick him out of medical school like three different times. Wow. Was when he first got accepted, they tried to make him take a reading class. Like, you know, just like, just crazy stuff. Yeah. Crazy yeah. stuff. Um, so, you know, I eventually went back and reverted my decision and stayed in that program. And, you know, the rest is history, bro. You we're here right now, you know? Yeah. That's a wild story. That's, uh, I feel like that's, that's always the the parental influence. I just challenge you when you almost when you want to quit or just make a quick, you know, impulse decision like that. That's, yeah. And that's just something that I'll like never forget, bro. Just because like, I like now I literally can't like somebody will not tell me that I can't do something, you yeah. know, like that. Yeah. I don't care what that person said. Yeah. Like it's whether I, I know whether or not I can do something, you know, if I know yeah. that I can't do it, then it like that's fine. But I'm not gonna let this person tell me what I can't accomplish. Yeah, you hate being told what to do, don't you? I mean, <laughs> I, <hate laughs> I feel told, that. I feel that. I hate being told what I can't do. I'm fine with somebody giving me instructions. Yeah, yeah. But like, I'm not saying like don't run a red light. But I'm saying like, you can't go to law school or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah. we'll see about that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yep. All right. It's a great. That's a great story, man. Um, I I also got to ask you, it's a little bit of a pivot here, um, but you brought this up before uh, vaguely, and I was curious about it. What's up with bank robberies? Was this in Homewood Flossmore? Was this by the high school? You mentioned yeah. multiple <laughs> bank robberies, all right? There was, yeah, so like between being in like sixth grade and, you know, being in 12th grade, there was like these two banks that just would get, that would just get robbed constantly. Uh, it was like this Bank of America in in this plaza oh. that was a little kind of close to the uh kind of close to the high school and then there was this other one yeah. uh that was right by like a Ford dealership kind of close to my old neighborhood okay. and like I know you remember when you guys had those lockdown um those lockdown uh you know when the not the in real schools, lockdowns but like but they would lock yeah down. just like yeah. Yeah, yeah. there was one time our our school had to get locked down our junior high school because there was like a couple of coyotes around and okay. like you know, <laughs> we could be outside with the coyotes. coyotes. Yeah, yeah. You know, snatching up some fifth graders. But yeah. uh, this happened like three, four times because this bank was getting robbed. So we had to like put the, you know, lock the door and put the, put the, uh, put the note on the door, like we're safe or whatever, and just stay in the classroom for however long to stand. Because well, you know, back then we used to go from homeroom to like science to whatever. Yep. Uh, so we'd have to just be locked up in that homeroom until either the bank robbery was done or they called the culprits. But like, it, it was just abnormal how often this happened. It wasn't like, it's not like a high crime area or anything. It's just, I don't know what was with these banks, man. <laughs> Were these like holdups? Like like weapons? 
people showing up with, you know. I, yeah, I like, mean, are I, I we talking the town? You know, like Boston. Like I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking like put the money in the bag. That's what I'm talking. Oh my god, it's <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. And, and then, I think like like I'm not I'm not 100 sure on this, but I'm pretty sure like some of these people got away. And that was like the reason for like the lockdown is like these robbers are on the run. It kind of sounds like there might have been somebody on the inside at some of these banks. Sounds like hey. you know. I I feel you know, a movie. Sounds like an interesting screenplay. I know. We we've had they a rob couple. a bank <laughs> and they go to the school, take a hostage. Yeah. yeah. It'd be a situation. It'd be a situation. Denzel Washington's on the latter half of his, his just get we'll his get career. To... He's trying to he's just trying to get out of there alive. <laughs> we'll just do a father son Denzel John David uh, feature, the first of its yeah, kind. That'd be a, that'd be a blockbuster. You know, you you gotta wonder. Do you think they want to act together? No. Or are they trying to like no. separate their career? I'm sure they're trying to separate. If I was John David Washington, I don't think I want to act with my dad just because. Yeah, most people don't know that's his dad. Yeah, I know. I it comes up all the time when, especially talking about like Tenet now. I'll mention like, oh yeah, it's yeah. Denzel's kid. What? Because um, mm-hmm. they don't really look alike, but they sound alike. They do sound quite a bit alike. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I never knew who he was until literally Ballers, uh, The Rock's yeah, Ballers. big show, and and I saw his name in the credit and was like, oh. Looked him up and yeah, he was on the Rams. He was on the Rams for a little bit. I think he was a running back. Yeah, yeah, he's a good actor. That probably made it. That probably yeah, he is. Probably made it easier for them to get somebody that's an actor and a football player to play a football player. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he kills that role. I mean, (laughs) he can actually move. Yeah, he was yeah, U at the U and did his you know, I think it was like Canadian Football League stint and then went to. WWE. That guy's got a crazy story. Um, and that man's got a crazy checkbook now, you know what I'm saying? Oh my gosh. Yeah, he's a... Uh, yeah, I think he's still the highest paid actor um, in terms of you know, what he's paid for movies annually. I don't think he's yeah, the highest well, paid actor. He works so hard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I guess movies, shows, and whatnot. Um, oh, hold on, hold on, bro. Uh, hold on. Sorry to get off, off track. I just got a notification. Uh... Levine had 21 in the first quarter. What's up, Zach Levine? God. Yeah. But also, Sadoransky and a team support staff member have the virus. That's a problem. But dude, Levine had 21 points and zero rebounds and zero assists. He was just hooping, bro. He was just scoring. He was just scoring. He was He's a pure scorer. Wow. He's, He's like, but but he, I, but he's gotten a lot better as a facilitator. Like, you'll see yeah. him pop up with games with five and six. I think he had about 4.2 assists last year. If he can get that up to five or six, like on that Jimmy Jimmy Butler range, uh, that takes his game to another level because you, you have to account for him as a, a, Facilitator. a distributor yeah. Yeah, and a yeah. scorer, which, you know. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, I had to bring that up because, you know, that's my boy. I know. He's my one of my favorites in the league, probably top five still. Too smooth. Yeah. Too smooth to watch, man. Um, just – just he's just a the man is a walking bucket as they say. I know. He, he just scores easy. He's not Durant easy, but he's kind of a very poor man's Durant easy. He's just got he's all also the moves. Like Twenty five. He's very young. He's I mean, been in the Wiggins, league forever. Yeah, he's Wiggins yeah, age. Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Like, uh, I don't want to. I don't even want to say his name. <laughs> Bad memories. He's actually played a little bit better lately, though. I'm all about. Yeah, don't buy into that. There's uh, Rosillo said it best. He's like, there's going to be two months where Wiggins averages 25, shoots 50 percent from the field and 40 from three, and we're going to be talking about him. And then he's just going to go straight back to doing the Wiggins thing. Hundred yeah, percent going to happen. Wiggins. Sounds like Wiggins, man. Every every year. Um, so we'll get off, we'll get off Wiggins, but uh, how, how'd you choose to come to Minnesota, Joe? How, like, seems like a unique choice. Um, I'm sure your buddies. I don't think you had any close friends come up from uh, home with yeah, Lawson. How did you I make had, the choice? Uh, well, it, it was a number of factors. They sent like so much mail, bro. I don't know if you had the same thing, bro. But they were blasting my inbox with mail. So it worked. Um, and actually, wow. my parents were the ones that made me come and visit because I was like. I do not like what is this you know what I'm saying like yeah I feel like I never like no offense to Minnesota but I never really thought about um here <laughs> you never thought of it much. as an actual state Just... <laughs> I think one of the only things I know about it is in art history we learned about the spoon braiding cherry oh, and yeah. like that was the walker that was like yeah yeah um but I knew I wanted to go to a bigger school because you know my my high school was almost like three thousand people, so I wanted to go to somewhere that you know where I wanted to be in a city. That was one of the reasons I didn't want to go to U of I. That seems like that's where most of my friends went. Okay. Um, but yeah, you know, I came and visited, and that visit really like swayed me. Just as the campus was super nice. Like what time of year? Right, like uh, oh, maybe the fall. Fall is probably like, fall. That's mostly yeah, so yeah. Um. Yeah, bro. The campus was super nice. It was right by the city, which I wanted. I wanted to be in a metropolitan area. Yeah. Where I could go and see sports, and I could see concerts. You know, and you could go to museums and stuff. Like I didn't want to be in like Ames, Iowa. You know, or Champaign. Not not even Iowa City or anything like that. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, man. I'm glad I made my choice. You know, we wouldn't be here today if I was. <laughs> I was in Champagne acting a fool with Eli and the guy. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Shout out to Jay Cutler, man. Shout out to Jay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that is. <laughs> Bro, what, what was it, just like a floor meeting or something or a, a sector meeting? Yeah, something? I think it was our we, – we met for the first time, yeah, in 17th Avenue Hall. And I think it was just our – we were in some building. And, yeah, we were, like, meeting our little group, our area. And then we talk, We were talking <laughs> sports because, you know, of course. Um and then Jay Cutler came up, and everybody hates Jay Cutler. So it was so yeah. unique, especially to have a Chicago fan be like, I love Jay Cutler. And I was like, no yeah, way. Dude is, he's a, I mean, he said and done some questionable things the past, like, three months. Oh, yeah. But uh, I, don't, I don't like him as a person anymore. But he is the best Bears quarterback of all time, statistically speaking. He is. He was battling diabetes, too. I forgot about the diabetes. <laughs> That's no small attack. I know. And how many, how many, ben, how many reps of 225 do you have at the combine? Wasn't it like 25, 30? He was, it was, yeah, yeah. He was like, yeah, he, I think he might have, I don't know about now, but he was, he had set a record at the time. I mean, I'm sure guys like Cam Newton blasted that out of the water. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Cam would destroy it. But, I mean, either way. Dude was a fantastic quarterback in Chicago for, for his time. Took him in the mm-hmm. NFC Championship. Say what you say about the man. Um, but, yeah, it was just super unique. We were like, what? What? Um, and now I have my guy, Kirk Cousins, here to hate on. So, 
Yeah, I'm not touching that one. I know. Bring me Wentz. You know how I feel Bring about that. Wentz. Um, you know, you know, do you guys have the money for that? We'll just swap. Yeah. You know, you if you if you can get Wentz, and then get a little bit more line help, so Wentz isn't getting this <laughs> blasted, dive bombed all yeah. the time. I mean, you got the weapons with Justin Jefferson as a monster. Yeah. Dealing, we know about dealing. Earl Smith, also a beast. Yep. And Dalvin Cook, you know, I don't know how much time is left on Cook's clock, but maybe if you have Wentz and you pass the ball more than 14 times a game, you can last a couple more years. Dalvin, I agree. I agree. Um, speaking of football, are you are you a fan of PJ Fleck, Gophers head coach? I know you you're hot and cold <laughs> on the guy. Uh, um, uh, I, I'm not hot and cold at all. I'm, I'm frigid. frigid. Dude, is, uh, he's a fraud. <laughs> he's a fraud. He's a fraud, bro. Like, I'm, how many bowl games have we won? Two or three? Wins. No, I think we won two. We beat Auburn Dude, last but, year. But what I'm saying, when it re- okay, great. <laughs> Auburn isn't good. Somebody, you know, Auburn's not good. Um, was Jared Stidham the quarterback at that time? We know how good he is. Uh, my issue is he can recruit and he's charismatic, but when it comes to the X's and O's, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. You know, when I, when I see this man, I, I couldn't tell you how many times I, we've been on third and long. I'm talking third and 12. The guy draws up a draw. He loves play. to run. We just get he loves to run on third and, and long. You know what I'm I saying? know. Like, and you saw, and the thing is, on the defensive side of the ball, he just doesn't touch it. Our defense was horrible. Our defenses have been like okay before this year, just because we had some guys back there. And those guys are gone, and the defense is just like an open gate. They're getting annihilated. They, they... I mean, you can't be a head coach and just, just completely ignore one side of the ball. I can understand if you're the offensive guru and I'll call it the offensive plays, but if the defense is bad, a part of that falls on your shoulder. But it's just not the defense. I just really question his play calling at times. I think the X's and O's, he's not there for. Maybe he can learn it. I mean, uh, he can improve. Everybody can improve. But I think that people in Minnesota were just so used to getting blasted. They stopped getting blasted. And thought, you know what, this guy, he's the he's the savior, he's the messiah, but uh, might be a false prophet. I hear you, um, but I I think college football programs are a lot about culture, and I do give them credit for building a culture in terms of the players. Players respond yeah. to them, fans respond to them, fans or players, fans, and like and boosters, the people providing the money, respond to the guy because of that charisma and because of just who he yeah, is. But my thing is, my thing is. Culture only gets you so far. Where are you really trying to get? If you're PJ Fleck, if you're a Minnesota fan, do you want to get to the New York Pinstripe Bowl, or do you want to get to the yeah. Rose Bowl? Yeah, and, and you know we, what I'm saying. You want to get to the Outback we Bowl. We were close you know, to the Rose. We were these fringe we bowls. Were super close. We were on our way. Hey, but all I gotta say, if you want to be on your way, do you want to be there? That's I know, I, I know. But hey, charismatic guy, get your. Uh... Get the right people around you to do those X's and O's, and who knows? You know, get some you know high quality de- defensive. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's yeah, okay. You know what? I, I'll give All you right. that. If he can, well, he lost his offensive coordinator, at Penn State. Who Penn State didn't play well. He didn't really play yeah. well either. Um, but that's a good point. If he can get some smart, talented guys to be his coordinators, um, 
to be as position coaches, then yeah, then that could work actually. Okay. I'll give you that. But until I see that, I just don't like his name wasn't a half for an NFL to me. That that no, I, I'm sense. out on that. I'm that out makes on that. no sense. I agree. Could you could you see this man leading the Lions out of the out of the? They get annihilated. Bro, come on, you got to be more of an X's and O's guy in the in the league, hundred percent. Especially because you got to get the respect also, of the players. They don't need that. That's they what don't I was need that say. rah rah that, row the boat type thing. They need they need a leader. Now look at you. Who knows? They look at you like yeah. an imposter. Yeah, like a I, joke. If I'm behind this. Yeah, man. But the thing is. It's not like some guys think they know the X's and O's, uh, like our boy Cliff Kingsbury, and don't really know it as well as they thought. I think Cliff Kingsbury is really like, I still want to know why he got hired, really. Because where's his success been? He hasn't had much success. Uh, exactly. It wasn't at, at what was it, uh, Texas a It wasn't there. Texas, Texas Tech, right? Or was, was it Tech. Texas Tech? Let me see. Yeah. yeah, it was Texas Tech. No, it wasn't there. I mean, I understand. I'm he was sure thirty-five he was. and forty at Tech. Um. Yeah, come on, dude. And I'm pretty sure he was a uh, Mike Leach guy. Ah, uh, yeah, Mike like Leach, a, yeah, um, Crabtree. Yeah, so that that has a. I mean, shout out Mike Leach, he's man. A, Mike he's Leach a crazy a man. Yeah. Um. All right. Yeah, so he was a coordinator. Oh, he's a. He was the. Yeah, he's a coordinator. At AM. Uh, but as a head coach, I just think that that he, the, the NFL teams have to be a little bit smarter about who they're hiring. Sometimes you just want the young, good looking, uh, energetic man, I guess. <laughs> Hence the uh, the PJ buzz. I mean, that's totally a thing. How, yeah. How many how many of those guys have well, Super Bowl? Sean McVay almost has one, but he's a good coach. Uh, hey, almost. almost. The only Matt LaFleur could be uh, on his way. His Shout out to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, 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 I'm trying to think. Uh, Gruden was that guy. Yeah. He has one, but a questionable one because you could say that was. I mean, it was the year after Dungey left. Built the team. He laid the ground floor. I don't want to take anything. It's like Gary Gruden, Kubiak but... and the Broncos. But hey, hey, John Fox, yeah. <laughs> give it to John Fox. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, Jake Delone. Oh, I remember yeah. Jake Delone. Yeah, John, John Fox is also a Bears coach, but we'll leave that one alone. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh. We know. We know. We know he was a Bears coach. <laughs> oh, man. Well, back to you, Joe. Back to you. I'm bringing – I'm reeling you in here. You ready for this? Um, I want to talk about challenges. We'll start with challenges in your early career. I know we both endured them together, uh, but go ahead and, and shed some light oh, on yeah. your, you know, first year and a half in the workforce. Where are we at? Well, I really think – the biggest challenges are kind of having to be your own compass in terms of where you're taking your work. Um, this might not be the same for everybody, but I know me and you have worked at smaller companies with a little bit yep. less structure. Um, so you can feel like you're kind of moving through your work day aimlessly. Um, but it, it really, the, the onus falls on you to kind of guide yourself. And it's a little bit of the first time this has to happen. You could say in college a little bit, guide yourself in terms of like getting your work done and, and stuff like that. But you were still like, and you had to follow a curriculum. 
there really isn't much of a curriculum uh, for your career, especially in the, the types of companies that we were in. Uh, so really getting what you want out of your work is it's on you, you know, where you want to take it. You know, for me, it's analysis, you know, how I, you know, conduct my analysis and present that to, to the stakeholders, you know, as how they could use my work and where I could be used in different parts of the company, including with sales. Um, but yeah, it, it's really just kind of being your own compass. And I think that a lot of times you look at the leadership that you're under. Um, this is, you know, this really kind of drives you to be your own compass even more because it's not always going to be the best people giving you the best instruction, uh, as I'm sure that you're well aware of. And at first that can be frustrating, um, but it, it's, it's just, it, it all falls on you. At the end of the day, man, it all falls on you. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I echo everything you just said. And I think, um, especially post-college and you and I, followed similar structured lives you know going to high school i'm sure you know we touched on it um you and i individually and how it's kind of expectation to go to college um so you kind of fall in that structure you get there you do your four years you and i found our way on a remote campus campus in st paul which was definitely good i think for both of us um to be in more of a unique situation smaller um more leadership roles and more we kind of had to compass our way in St. Paul a bit. Um, I, I felt like mm. there was a little less structure out there compared to, you know, places like Carlson and other schools. Um, but yeah, mm. like you said, it's almost being able to thrive in chaos. Um, Cause the one thing they don't tell you um, it's, it's not on them to tell you, but you don't realize um, unless you grow up in, unless you grow up in New York city or certain areas um, is like the world is pretty chaotic. Like things happen. Um, how, you know, you got to choose how to respond, um, to both good news, um, and obviously bad news. Um, and, um, it kind of people who like to journal, right? Like Matthew McConaughey, um, I've heard him talk, touch on this and, and he said, you know, he journals every day, which I try to do. Um, but he's like, it's important to journal, you know, both on your, on your bad days and especially on your good days. So when you're having a bad day, you can go back look at your journal. What were you doing on your good days to get back to that? Um, I think that's super valuable mm -hmm. advice to anyone um, starting early in their career um, or coming right out of college, or even if you're late in your career, um, just to kind of like hone yourself in um, and figure out how you thrive in, in the chaos that is the real world. And we've definitely experienced in 2020. Yeah. And I feel like a big part of early career success is adaptability. Uh, you know, whether that be to us having to adapt to new jobs or having to adapt to new roles, you know, when there's uh, org chart switch ups, adapt to new leaders because the different people have different leadership styles, uh, whether it be, you know, adapting to new areas of the country. Uh, you know, they say you adapt or you die. And quite frankly, that's exactly how it is. Uh, you know, you have to you have to be able to learn new skills, uh, whether that be new programs, you know, or, or new ways to present your data, whatever, uh, to be able to move forward in your career, to be able to switch uh, different paths. 100%. Yeah, you, adaptation and willingness um, to essentially do anything um, early in your career, especially even like the first six months on a job. 
um, is, it just leads to a lot more success, uh, a lot better relationship with coworkers. Um, yeah, people are going to lean on you, um, but that's okay. You know, we're young, as you know, we like to be valued. <laughs> we like to have value. Um, and it's just important mm-hmm. to, you know, find ways to do that, especially if you're at a small company. Um, I think, I think the other thing that I've learned and, you know, we kind of talked about this a decent amount is like people, you don't really matter that much. You do matter, but like what happens to you oftentimes doesn't affect what happens to other people that much. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause I remember on the day that I got laid off, like, the office was everybody was having a great time, bro. Maybe this because this was because I was hyper aware of what was happening because I just been blasted. Yep. Yeah, you know, you're like in slow but motion. People are talking about like, like, like the people that had just delivered me this life altering news were like, "Hey, man, not to me, but to like some other people. What are we gonna do for lunch?" And I'm thinking Red Rabbit. Yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it. I'm thinking like, like that's what? I got this guy, my life dismantled, yeah. and I was thinking about whether or not to go to Red Cow or Red Rabbit, like, and it was in that moment, I was like, man, I got to yep. get mine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, yep. I got to get mine because nobody else is going to get it for me and nobody else cares if yep. I get it or not. Nobody else in this in this work environment, yeah. at least. That's that's oddly highly motivating because um, <laughs> you're right. The train, the train keeps going no matter who's um, kind of conducting. I mean, Oh uh, yeah, I was laid off um, beginning of COVID and like the day that everything shut down, restaurants and whatnot, because that affected our business greatly. And you're right. I mean, you feel in a, in a way like you don't matter um, because you don't. Um, obviously, you add value. There's things you can do to improve a company. Um, but at the end of the day, as long as the, you know, the structure is still there, the company is still going to function, um, which is okay. And I, and I, it, kind of motivates you to, in my opinion, um, you know, get your own, like you said, build something of your own, um, or become, you know, so integral that you're, you're essentially not movable. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I think that was definitely one of the mistakes that I made at that first job is I didn't work hard enough at making myself unreplaceable. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because if you make yourself unreplaceable, they will not replace you. And they will beg you to stay. So that's something definitely after that experience, I tried to make myself as unreplaceable as possible because when you're making yourself unreplaceable, you're helping the company and you're helping yourself because you're making yourself a better employee because you're gaining these new skills and these new experiences that get you a better job than the one that you're unreplaceable at now. And you have to continue to make yourself unreplaceable at that one. And I feel like that's how you... 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you and i it's just a, it's a motivating thing I, i'm i think we're fortunate that it happened to us super early in our careers in really unique ways um because it keeps you on your toes right um we're, we're gonna keep working hard wherever we're at and obviously recommend everybody else do the same as long as you like what you're doing you know um yeah. so i want to ask you kind of ask you slightly about kind of go back in time a little bit college life um you know, some of your experiences in St. Paul, uh, I know you and I spent a lot of time on every campus. Is there anything that, well, what made St. Paul life different uh, 
for you know people in C fans <laughs> to listen to, as well as people who aren't in C fans that make it. You know, I feel like there's a total stigma around C fans and what's over there. Um, and and for you and I, there's a lot of good yeah. things over there. What what was good about it? Yeah, you know, one that many people probably didn't think of it this way, but just having to have a commute, I feel like that prepared me for having to commute, you know, outside of college because that wasn't that wasn't a small oh. commute by any means. You had to walk to the bus stop, and that bus ride was like what twenty thirty it minutes, was twenty, and, minutes, it was hot, minutes, and it was hot, and it was hot between yeah between <laughs> twenty and thirty. Yeah, it was either yeah. hot or it was cold, man. It was never, you know, it was mm-hmm. never just right. You know what I'm saying? But just having to be able to schedule when you hopped on that connector to go logistics. to St. Paul. Um, what you had to get. Yeah, logistics, yeah. man, at the end of the day, you know, logistics. Um, and I liked, you talked about how remote it was. Uh, it was a time to kind of get away, man. That was a, one of the few places you could find serenity if you wanted it. And that doesn't happen much on a college campus. Um, We ate a lot of Subway. Man, like too, too upon much. further review. Too much. And now that I have a I'm Saturday, done with it. <laughs> it hurts. Yeah, bro. Dude, that brand, it's just Subway is like 70% brand, which honestly, I think I just got It's not. Yeah, there's, it's there not is a brand. lawsuit. It's like sugar. Yeah, it's not it's real. Crazy. You know, and then talking about eat fresh, bro. There's Zero. nothing fresh about it. It's just cold. It's just freshly refrigerated. And then they put that bad boy, that industrial <laughs> like machine that just cranks up the heat on that bad that boy. That was like their like new porch. addition years ago, was that they could toast your sub and they just sent out these those little industrial yeah. just, just nuke ovens. Yeah, like gamma yeah. rays in your food, bro. I, I, I honestly, I just don't trust no. that sandwich place. No. I don't trust it. And there's so many other options we might get into later, but like Subway's, 100%. it's dead last. What about Seventeenth? Dead last Avenue. But um, Seventeenth yep. overrated. Yep. yep, food hall way overrated. overrated. The food they did too much, bro. They did way too much, man. Just give me something normal. Remember that time we both got sick? And oh, yeah. From there? We were so sick. That was sophomore year, bro. I was like, I was like, bro, I'm feeling kind of sick. Oh, that like, was, I remember sick. that was like a couple, that was like a week of no struggle. Divine. I remember actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, what else happened that week? Long like? story. It was a oh, week of being week sick. Of being yeah, sick? and then Alec got oh. it, you know. Poor Alec. Poor Vegas Alec. Good man. Good man. Uh, I know. Good man. Uh, 17th was a, yeah, it was a goofy place, right? You had the athletes, then you had, like, the normal kids. Then you had everyone flocking to it for this supposedly really good food. Um, it was kind of cool. It, it was nice and central, which I liked. You know what it was? Yeah, Super it was special. the bridges. It wasn't real. You had to go to, you had to go to a Super Bowl to get the real I know. people. That's, you know, that's where we were at. I know. Shout out Will Hance, man. <laughs> Shout out Brad, you know, super block, super block. <laughs> that's where, that's where everything right. was anything. Right right about that. We need to get Hensy on this podcast to talk about those damn Packers one of these days. Yeah. Oh, well, well uh, he's a strong voice. 
strong. I saw him yeah, today, just, actually. <laughs> you get him and Moriarty on the like, same I, episode. He's like, I gotta go. Or you I saw him today or Moriarty? Actually, I was like, ah, lifetime. lifetime. Wait, where did you see him? Yeah, I run into him there. Okay. Yeah, that man loves the Packers. I know he was like, oh, you know, yeah. shaking his hand. You know, he does, I gotta you know, go. I gotta, I gotta go, go. You know, he does that. It is, it yep. is quasi. He does have a little accent. southern to him. I, <laughs> uh, it makes no sense. No, nobody has ever been able to pinpoint. No, the no I, I, I was actually asked on a oh, date in high school if I was southern because I, I was told I had an accent. Um, <laughs> that hurt. <laughs> well, where are these persons well, now? Great, How are they doing? Great girl. Great girl. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I might have been like singing along to a country song. You know, I could have done it in the car. I think that's all the <laughs> time I have for today. <laughs> you'd be you'd be impressed with the amount of country music I listened to senior year of high school. Lake I don't life. Think that's the Lake right life, word, Joe. but uh, it is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's valid. an excuse. in some sectors but not this one. Oh god well minneapolis versus chicago um i mean there's obvious differences there's i <laughs> there's, there, this is a short one there, there's no comparison it's not a comparison. what what's all okay, right here i got i got one question no. what's the most similar between the two cities that's all i want to know that's it um this is hard they both have good food. Nice. Minneapolis has good food, man. They both have really good food in, in a, you know, a variety of different. We're talking about hole in the walls, fast casuals, yeah. expensive restaurants. You know, a, a lot of good stuff. A lot of different. Uh, you know, I wanted to say genres, but that's not. What's the what's the cuisines for? Uh, culture. It's like a Cold, I feel like culture Nah, I'm. A, I, I'm at a loss, but you know, whatever the the food version of genre uh, categories is, um, there's a lot of a lot of that, and I think that um, that's definitely that's probably for me the okay. biggest similarity be- between the two. Um, I think the biggest difference is nobody lives in the city in Minneapolis. Nobody's ever on the streets. Um, I think that's changing as we see you know new apartment buildings. There's that Four Seasons residence and hotel that's going up which I think will bring actually a lot to the city because that's just one place, you know, a, a nicer place for people to live. Um, and it's a place, you know, people want to stay at the Four Seasons, you know. So I think that's going to do a lot of good things for the city. And I think they're also um, expanding the light rail to bring more people into the city. I don't know if that's going to help or hurt prospects of people living in the city because if you have the light rail go out to the suburbs further, uh, you know, that means that people can just commute. Um, but I think that's that's probably the biggest difference, man. Like, the city is quiet, silent. Um, you know, a lot of people blame that on the skyways because there's really no business mm-hmm. on the ground level. You know, and I, when I used to live down there, it's like, you're screwed if you wanted something to eat past 7 p.m. because everything's in the sky where everything's closed. Be Saturday, like nothing is on the yeah. ground level. And I think that kind of hurts the city. Yeah, we no need to, uh, to be on the ground level. Continue, and it's going to be hard just given the year, you know, pandemic and whatnot. Um, uh, but it'd be great if we could channel some of that North Loop street 
restaurant um, action deeper into downtown and, you know, and sprinkle some retail, more retail in as well. Um, but, you know, like you're saying, there's good signs with apartment buildings going up because once you have more people in there, you just got to create the demand. Um, so as long as the city has funding to, you know, continue and people continue to desire to build downtown, um, it's got a bright future. So, and we all know Chicago's got a bright future. It's got a bright current. So, yeah, I, I, I yeah, I'm not, you know, Minneapolis is definitely a great city. I think it's um, one of the better medium-sized cities, you know, battling places like Denver. Uh, yeah. It's definitely better than Cincinnati. Solid I can't city. tell you that much. Um, but, yeah. you know, Minneapolis is a, yeah. It's a yeah, 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 yeah. Salt Lake City is up. It's up right now. Um, honestly, it's yeah. similar in size Yeah, yeah, to, the, the CBD, definitely. Um, and then yeah, but there's a lot of good people in Minneapolis, man. It, it's, you know, I love yeah. the all the waters that's up there. The mighty oh, yeah, Mississippi, it's... you can't beat that, man. That's Stone Arch. That was one of the best parts of of living downtown. Being able it's to the artery, man. Over there, just to be over there. You know, you know me, man. I need, oh, yeah. I need. Yeah, any yeah. No, that that Stone Arch run is one I that I will continue to do for years to come. It's a special one, especially in the summer. It's next level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even like, like, don't even. Yeah. Like, just I, I like yeah, the really Avenue. Nice. That one gets me. And then, like, you know, you know, if you if you turn off. Yeah. Um, right by the Whole Foods, if you keep going. Yeah. And you don't cross the Hennepin Avenue Bridge, but if you go left, you just keep running around the Mississippi, and you go up and yep. it's into North Loop, you go right, and you run past the, it's you run beautiful. past the Stone Arch, and you're in the Mill City over there. That's just it's just a you know. Oh yeah, that was whenever I would take off from Tinky Town, go down University, go over the Arch, go into the parks, and then head back over the pedestrian bridge, and then go through campus. Man, it's you know you just see like all these. Yeah. It's almost like a hike because you just got all these different little ecosystems along the way. Mm-hmm. It's man, Minneapolis in the summertime is yeah, it's it honestly is, like 100%, close especially when you throw in the burbs and the lakes. Um, and then, like you said, the food, it's a nice lifestyle. It's relaxed. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We lost some We lost some heavy hitters, man. Butcher in the boy. We lost our boy at our four bells, Best man. Best apartment, yeah. Pol Vu is gone. But they, they did something lo- new. Central has something else going on. I don't know. There's a lot of no, chefs and, and owners it, but... um, who are obviously struggling right now. But there's also a lot of ideas flowing. So that's pretty exciting. And and. As we both know, once once things do open fully, like hopefully this summer, um, there will be a reckoning. Vaccines get there will be distributed. There will be a reckoning. Eating out and going to have a good time uh, at some local bars. I think I I have some places I need to have. (laughs) Go have a moment. (laughs) We're gonna need to go have a moment at a couple couple joints. Yeah, I had some deep moments with some places. Um, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, that was longer than I expected on Minneapolis versus Chicago. So well done. Yeah, I no, I, I, you know, at first I was somewhat joking. I mean, I, I wholeheartedly <laughs> do think Chicago is better, but we'll take Minneapolis it. We'll take it. Well, we got we got a little bit of time left. I want to want to spend a short short couple, you know, rankings here with you. 
um, or at least discussions. Sandwich shops. I know we passionately talked about this recently. Mm-hmm. Give me your, your chains, all right? You got – give me your favorite chains. Give me your least favorite chains. If you want to give me numbers, great. If you don't, just talk about them. Okay. Um, number one is Jersey Mike's. I think their selection of hot and cold sandwiches uh, refuses to be beat. Me personally, I'm a uh, Italian. Mike's way hold the sauce on the rosemary bread. You, you can't beat that. But some people like to go with the steak with the Parmesan chicken. Uh, it's great. Oh, God. Number two, Get I got to put pot belly. Yeah, up yeah chains, chains, just uh, chains. We're just and talking about chains. Are we talking about chains one time? Continue. I mean, uh, uh, don't tell me. I am. Jimmy well, you know, continue. Pot, continue. I am, yeah. You said you are. It's freaky fast, man. You can yeah, get it delivered anywhere. Uh, I, I pop in, I'm out within five minutes. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's that's what's I wrong know. with our generation. We're obsessed with expediency. The quality. Bro. I don't give a crap about you, the speed, you, bro. The qu- I don't think the pop-up quality is that high. Or I think it's comparable say, to Jimmy John's. I don't think it's higher than Jimmy John's. I think Jimmy John's is good, like... They make a good multiple. I like Jimmy John's. The Italian, like, the the roast beef, Sammy, um, where, the turkey, Tom is a classic. Yeah, let me just get a wreck. I'm gonna just okay. I'm gonna just get a wreck and call too. it a day. Um, well, the chicken and cheddar, that's a classic too, man. With the lettuce and tomato. Did I just convince you? On that bad boy. Did I just change? Yeah, that's nice. Your opinion? No, I'm talking about. I'm oh, talking about pop belly. Jimmy John's, I mean, I get the country club. It's decent. Oh, the wreck is a popular sandwich, turkey. isn't it? It's well, I'm just catching up. Yeah, the wreck I, is I do I do like, like the wreck. Everything. Oh, man. All right. I, you know, I I, I, <laughs> I and then after that, like I, I don't you know, I don't know if I know many Um What about so Jimmy You know, there's Jones, there's a lot of weird Subway. ones like Penn Station. You ever been to Sub well, come on. Subway didn't make this. Jimmy uh, John's is third. Sub which which is good. You know, I'm gonna have to amend my rankings. I don't know if I can speak on this because I haven't been a witch witch more than like twice. But which which is good. I I thought it was I I just felt a Penn Station I also went to once. There was one in Oak Brook. I don't have you ever been to Penn Station. Keep going. It's kind of like, I don't know if I can rank these places because my experience with them is so uh, minuscule. But, you know, Penn Station is kind of like Jersey okay. Mike's. Uh, but I can't even remember how my... I've got a new is. number two. Quiznos. What up? Um, <laughs> they're, they're still around, still Um, I used to love Quiznos as a kid. Loved it. Like that slow cook in that oven, you know, it takes like five minutes, slowly melts in the oven, and they put on the tie. It's just, it's uncompared in terms of preparation, time. You know, it's almost like the patience, the opposite of Jimmy John's. So I'll take, you know, Jimmy John's three. Um, I, I, can we we, we pivot a little bit from the chains? And like, what's your favorite non-chain sandwich restaurant in terms of in Minneapolis? Spot. It doesn't have to be 
I said my only thing is it can't be it's got to be somewhat of like much it can't be like just a Philly spot yeah like I mean a burger place I mean they can't have Philly easy you, you know, I don't I love a Philly man these. you should go though it's in uptown it's called McCaffrey's um just a sub joint like okay yeah, it's it's on Lindale. This up. Really? Yeah. yeah. This Listeners, check this out. Um, McCaffrey's. McCaffrey's. MC and then Caffrey's. Or sorry. Ca- oh, Caffrey's? Caffrey's? I just misnamed. It is just Caffrey's. Wow. Caffrey's. Okay. Yeah. No, oh, you should get this. Oh, wait. Wait a minute now. Wait a second. Open late. 10 a.m. to 1 a.m. Seven days a week? You're welcome. I don't. It was Why a COVID discovery for this? the guys trying to support local, and uh, it's fantastic. Great sandwich. You can go, you know, regular size mm. or giant. Yep. Keep up with the Jones, roast beef, turkey, Swiss, and cheddar with lettuce, tomato, and okay, they got a chill. I'm not a horse radish, radish but... guy either. Yeah. Uh, but now the Lake Street Italian, the Lake Street Italian, the is New fantastic. Um, the New Yorker is really good. Let me see this. Also good. Simple Philly. Okay. The blue cow. Let me let them know. Let them know, know about that blue cheese. So they got good. It's got more unique options, and it's you know a local joint. Italian so, chicken Philly. If you're getting a sub next time, support that. these guys. Whoa, they got the yeah. Italian meatball. I yeah. hate that. I hate you, run. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this in my. Uh, I'm gonna put this in my. Uh, my group of uh, Good. up next okay. spots to check out. But for me, it would have to be in Chicago, Manny's Deli. I feel like I've heard of that place. Is that like a <laughs> staple? Been there 100 years? It's, I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty, yeah, yeah, yeah. Manny's it's 1942. Uh, let me see. They're, they're oh, Corby's corn great. Beef, bro. Hold on, let me see if I can, let me, let me pull up the, let me put, I don't even really like corned beef, or, or not corned beef, well, corned beef and pastrami, bro, on that bread, that right. rye bread, man. And they get you yep. the mustard. You know they love mustard yeah, in Chicago, Chicago, bro. Unbeatable. Wow, Unbeatable. this place looks, I don't think I've ever been here, though. Yeah, honestly, just I'm going to have to just, get, just take the RAV. Now. I'll donate the RAV for the drive. Sponsored by Manny's <laughs> Deli. Hey, you know but see that we gotta tell the listeners we have been seeing it's so it's uncanny I, I have recently switched vehicles uh well i guess like five months ago to a rav4 and it's like they're appearing everywhere we were we were on a small um trip business trip we'll call it and they were everywhere <laughs> they were everywhere yeah. a lot of business yeah, a lot of business and then even around minneapolis i feel like everywhere we walk it's just we're surrounded by rav4s I think it speaks to the the quality and greatness of the car. Well, the thing is, it's a yeah. It, the the Rav Four. I mean, can you get a better vehicle that lasts longer, that looks better, at a more comparable and and you know attainable price than the Rav Four? I mean, that's four wheel drive in this weather. Necessity. It's changed necessity. my life. I was a Camry guy, and I was getting. Mm-hmm. Not a bad, it was an old not a bad vehicle. Yeah, and I was getting you know, having a tough time last year, so it's been it's been fun to have an upgrade. Let me just say that. Um, but we're while we're on this random take, yeah. we got just a tiny bit of time left. What books are you excited about in twenty twenty one? You got any on your list that you're? Uh... Yeah, 
you know me, man. I, I've been moving slowly through a couple. I just got one yeah. today. This is what I really wanted to talk about. Because you remember how we watched at your yep. house, John Malcolm. Oh. Alex Rodriguez just fell down. Yeah, the so the writer of <laughs> yeah, well, right up next Blitz to Darren Jeter, and then what's the other one? DJ LeMahieu. <laughs> Continue. Yeah. Um, but so the writer of that movie, Charlie Kaufman, who's one of my favorite writers and directors. Uh, you know, Eternal Sunshine and a Spotless Mind. I just watched Adaption yesterday, which let me tell you, Adaption. that's a great movie. I've never wow. seen a more meta movie in my life. Um, but that in the show, uh, kidding, like he's just done a lot of stuff. But I just picked up this one. He just wrote this book uh, a couple of months back yeah. called Ant Kid. Um, and it is, I mean, it's a pretty hefty. It's pretty hefty. It's about... I'm still flipping. I'm still flipping. Okay, still flipping. Oh, I am. It's flipper, man. <laughs> uh, seven hundred and five pages. Wow. I haven't started one page yet, but I just got it today, and I'm really excited because you, you know, you, you saw the movie. Is he's a very, you know, interesting, out of the box type of guy. And I think the most interesting thing about his style is that all these surreal and out of the ordinary and absolutely absurd things happen in the universes he creates to the characters that he writes. But everybody responds to them as if they are normal life. And I think that it's interesting because there's a lot of crazy stuff that happens to us that we don't really react to. This is definitely several steps, several miles past that. But it's a good reflection of everyday life. Yeah, it's something that's, that's like a hyperbole, correct? Just kind of an exagger- exaggerated. Um, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I've been uh, just picked up songs of myself by Walt Whitman. You know, just trying to get introspective, bro. Just trying to learn about myself. It's better you. That tumultuous year. You know what I'm saying? This is basically a collection of, of poems by. Uh, the uh, nice. late Gray Wall Whitman. I, uh, how old is the the what's the guy's name? The dude, the, the dude who wrote the book that wrote uh, becoming John Matt Malkovich. What's his name? Okay. Uh, what's like his name? Something. Charlie Kaufman. Charlie Kaufman. He's oh, he's sixty-two. Oh, yeah, he like okay. Around our parents' age. Yeah, he's uh, dude. Yeah, he's, he's got that. He's got that. Very weird. Yeah. But five four. But definitely, like, yes, sir. He's, he's five four. Yeah. You said he he's five four. That's interesting. That is that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He too, but I, I really everything he does, I've loved everything he's done. Just he's like I said, man. Just and he's very. You can tell he's very very smart because in all of his work, he's unpacking these very intense questions about you know who you are like self i know it sounds ridiculous but you know john malkovich bro you, being someone else like and how that affected you as a person being somebody else seeing through the eyes of somebody else man he's i can a, talk he's about kind of a genius all day, man. yeah because that was yeah that was from the 90s wow yeah he's been doing this a i long think time. so yeah 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 from 1999 he's yeah. married wow denise denise yeah <laughs> Yeah, Murray with Murray. Shout out to Denise, stuff. man. Murray wow. with one kid. 
What about um, you? I just finished. Uh, I just finished uh, the defining decade, which I know a decent amount. I see it being read among our generation um, by Meg J. She's a PhD, I think, at I want to say at Richmond. Let me concern. She uh, she teaches. She teaches somewhere. Where does she teach? Wait, wait, no, no. Clinical psychologist. Sorry, University of Virginia, and has a private practice in Charlottesville. But great book, man. Um, just about your 20s. Um, it's essentially a bunch of stories about people who essentially go to therapy with her um, that I'm sure they gave her, you know, um, the rights to the story essentially using the book. Um, but talking about, you know, their 20s, 30s, where they're at and like how they grow in their time with her during, you know, therapy, essentially. Um, it's not like a therapy book. It's more like a book of mm -hmm. advice um, based on other people's experiences and her own thoughts um, because she's been studying it for, you know, 20, 30 years. Um, so that was super cool. Uh, I actually had it recommended for my buddy in New York. Um, so I took it, I took it uh, read and it was great. Um, now I pivoted um, to a pretty well-known book. It's Obama's book. The one he just came out with, The Promised Land. Um, so I just read mm. really the preface today. I'll get mm. more into it tomorrow, but it's just, from what I understand, he's just going to be talking about, you know, his eight years in office, um, give you a little glimpse inside, you know, big moments, decisions day to day almost makes it from what I get seem a little more human. It's still a job. It's kind of how he opens with it. He's like, it's not, yeah, there's a lot of pomp and, um, you got to put on a show. Um, but at the same time, it is a job. The federal government is, you know, such a company, um, you got to function and be a public servant within that company. Um, and then the third one that I'm about to start as well is called the stowaway. And it's about this guy who, you know, I don't know a whole lot about it yet, but, um, essentially this guy hops on a ship, I think it's in the 1800s. It's actually a real story. I want to get more into history. Um, and it kind of, so it, it talks a lot about the kind of late 1800s, which is why I chose it. Um, and, and it's real, it's fact. Um, but it's also a story and a journey to it where this kid hops on a ship as a stowaway and goes to Antarctica to kind of hope discover a new world. Um, so, and there's a bunch of issues along okay. the way. Classic. That's interesting. Um, so it's, it's exciting. It's cool. But. Yeah, man, it's, I'm definitely trying to read a lot more because I feel like I used to read a lot when I was younger and I just. I know. Well, yeah, that's always a, uh. So. A hindrance to reading. Yeah, I, 2K. 2K and FIFA for me, man. Mad. Mad. Yeah. We used to be trying to study for uh, the yeah. math class. People like, yeah, oh, we got play mad. Short calc was tough. It never turned out mad. well. Did I? Um, well, we got to wrap. No. Learning. No. Yeah. No, but uh, learning, we'll learning give experience. you, we got to get you a good look of the week, Joe. What do you got for us? Uh, first. Well, a first week in both 2020, <laughs> 2021, and only of its kind. What was special about it? Um, well, for better or worse, the Chicago Bears made the NFL playoffs. Uh, let's see if they can uh, put up a fight, get a W, or uh, neither of those things. I like it. So yeah, that's we all know it's going to go. So I, I send you condolences in advance, all right? Hey, whoa. You know, I I'd rather be in my situation. Better draft pick. I would. 
I would. You know what? So I'm just gonna wouldn't you? I'm gonna note two good looks of the week. First of which is the Vikings for missing the playoffs because we weren't gonna do anything this year anyway. Um, second is a uh, shout out to my boy Greg Warshaw um, for being a, uh, a a real one, one of the guys. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah shout out Greg. Are you you know, I still have his business card on my. Uh, you have his Citibank business card. A little money management. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic! I gotta let him know. Yeah. Oh, it does. Seems like keep that a memento you. that needed to be kept. <laughs> Oh, my God. All right, Joe, man. Well, we appreciate the time. Um, you know I'll be catching you, but great interview. Um, great to learn more about you, brother. And we'll uh... – Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. You know I love uh, – I know. I know. We'll get you on. Uh, we're going to hear oh, your man. voice uh, through the writing very soon. We know. We know. All right, brother. Have a good one. Oh, yeah.